were moving, I looked through it and I find a picture book, an album of my birth. In that is my birth father. So just in the last two months, I saw the first pictures ever in 56 years of my own birth father. Welcome to the Faithful Fathering Podcast. Uh, this is Rick Wirtz, uh, founder and president of Faithful Fathering, where we encourage and equip dads to be faithful fathers, dads that prioritize physical presence, are engaged emotionally, and lead spiritually by example. And uh, we're here to simply, like I said, encourage and equip dads. Sometimes I get hung up on the equipping side and forget that we have to encourage as well. But in the studio with us today is uh, Rick Torreson. Rick is a, a father of two and going to share some of his father journey with us and uh, what it's meant to him to, to be a dad. Now, uh, Rick, I understand that uh, you have two uh, children, a son and a daughter. Yep. That's correct. My son's 26 and my daughter is uh, 23. So. Ah, they grow up fast, don't they? <laughs> yes, it, it, it's a blur. It's definitely a whirlwind, but it's a great pleasure and it's been a great joy. You know, that's what I, I talk about, the seasons of fathering, and you know, we've uh, talked about that where the teaching season is the first 10 years where your kids trust you and know you're establishing the foundation for them, you know, your family values, your faith, and what have yeah. you. Then you move into the teen years where I call the coaching, and, and then you get into our stage of counseling and you realize all this kind of blasted through. Uh, it seems like uh, yesterday I was, my daughter was asking for an up hug and then uh, just a few months ago I gave her away in marriage to the man that, uh, to the love of her life. Yeah. And uh, wow. so, so I know your message is the same as mine, is that young men, uh, slow down, embrace where the Lord has you yeah. and enjoy yeah. the journey as a dad. Now, your journey started out a little bit differently. Uh, I understand that you're an adoptive dad, correct? I am. I've, uh, both of our kids were adopted birth. My wife and I planned on having kids. And when we started to have kids, we got married a little bit older. We wanted to start trying to have kids. We quickly realized that we were struggling to do that. And it really wasn't a big decision for us. We didn't go through a lot of infertility. They gave us a choice that you could go through this. It'll cost this. Um, and, and you'll have a 50% chance of having kids naturally, or, you know, you can look at other options that you want to do. And so we spent really one afternoon and said, what do we want to do? And the Lord put on our heart said, I've called you to adopt. And the minute we heard the Lord say that, we just said, that's where our energy, effort and resource is going to go. And we started that process uh, to adoption. Amen. What a blessing you are. I know they're so, yeah, I think I've read the other day where 59% of kids in foster care are, make up the adoptive uh, uh, pool, right? Yeah. But they're very hard to adopt from that uh, situation a lot it's, of times. We've learned a lot. We've been able to counsel and talk to a lot of families and couples who have gone through different life choices and how they're trying to figure out how they're going to grow their family and have run into some challenges having kids. And so we looked at it. We were going to do the foster care. We we're going to look at CPS. Did we? How? How do we want to do this? They give you a questionnaire, right? And they're like, "It's like build your kid," you know. And I was like, "Okay." And so we would do that, and uh, we realized in the conversation we wanted to adopt from birth, and so that was a whole another process. And there was open adoption with our first one, and we did our profile, and we went into a book. Wow. And uh, the the uh, birth mothers went through this book like a catalog and they picked the ones that they wanted to interview and then we would get interviewed and then decide if there's a match. So we were really at the mercy of the process wow. um, the whole way. But really for us, it was, we were at the, through the grace of God because both of our kids' stories, um, we know that God had placed them in our, in our hands 
because of the way they got there. Back up just a minute for those that aren't familiar with the adoptive world. What do you mean by open adoption? Open means you have a relationship and you know the birth mother. Hmm. Prior to really about 25, 30 years ago, they were all closed, Mm -hmm. which meant that um, you, you didn't know who, where the child was coming from. You didn't have any background. You didn't have any history. And they, that slowly started to change. With my son, who's 26, that was in the first five years where open adoption was just happening. Mm-hmm. And so we actually built a relationship with his birth mom for five months of her pregnancy. Um, we almost basically adopted her. And so that transition, once she had that child, was a very, um, it was a challenging transition because she had grown to love us. Sure. We had grown to love her. And then this child comes into our life and that separation was first three, four years were difficult because we commit to keeping a relationship throughout their life. So my son has a relationship with his birth mom. She was at his graduation, which was a beautiful thing um, for her to be there and to bless him. He knows the story. Mm -hmm. My daughter, on the other hand, she was adopted from a situation where her birth mom was um, in foster care. Mm. Didn't know... Um, her parents very well. They had a lot of issues and challenges. Hmm. The interesting thing with my daughter, I just love to tell this story if you don't mind. So she was in the foster care system in Friendswood, Texas. We were in Kentucky. We had already had our son. I was going to seminary. And we had just talked that week about, do we want to adopt again? But we're in Kentucky. We're going to be back in Texas. What does that look like? How do you do that? We got a call the end of that week, three days after we said, Lord, you're going to have to do this. We're going to adopt again, then you're going to have to bring something our way because we don't know how to how to maneuver this while we're here. Got a call from a college friend of my wife's whose family keeps foster kids. They had been telling this young foster girl, she was 16 at the time, that was actually raped. So she was pregnant through, pregnant through a rape, chose to keep the child, was in the adoption process, got sideways with the situation, but they had been telling her about us to encourage her that this is the right decision. So we get a call. She says, hey, this young lady would like to talk to you. She may want to change and she's doing them within a month. So long story short, we asked her about her life and her journey. She said, well, I was raised in Friendswood, Texas. Um, and she said, well, did you go to church there? What was life like with your foster family? Yeah, they took us to the Methodist church there in Friendswood. We said, well, that's interesting. Who was the pastor? Don Metter. I said, oh, that's interesting. That's my wife's uncle. He was the pastor of that church. We come to find out that his sons had babysat her when she was growing up. We didn't know that. So she immediately took to us and said, you must be who this child is supposed to go to because your family raised me we in the church. Awesome God. Yeah. And so we just, we, we just wept. Hmm. Um, and a month later we, we had our daughter, but it's very different. That story than my son's because my son, my daughter doesn't have a relationship with her. Mm. We know where she is. Her life has been hard even up to this moment. Mm. Um, but my daughter did not get to have that story and that history and that relationship that my son had. And so mm. presented some interesting challenges along the way. In both cases, uh, you mentioned that they uh, knew the birth mother, but they don't know the birth father. No, because in both situations, the birth mothers were raped. Isn't that interesting? And we didn't, that wasn't something we were looking at. That just happened to be that. So they share that as as siblings. Mm -hmm. But that also was a big deal because for my son, especially when he found out he was a teenager and we didn't know that he found out. 
and he was 13 at the time. And so that sat in him and he started to develop this image of himself that said, I must be bad. I must be angry. I must not be wanted because my birth mother was raped and this man was violent and angry. So therefore I must be violent and angry. And he went through a long time in his life of just internally wrestling with identity, which we all wrestle with, but he was really trying to find himself and that manifested in some really challenging seasons for him. And that makes it a pretty challenging season for <laughs> a father and a mother as well, adoptive parents, yes. because you want to support uh, yeah. their knowledge of their biological connection because that's innate, isn't it? That yes. desire to know yes. you know, where you come from and who you are and uh, that Absolutely. identity because everything from the uh, genetic mirroring that yes. you see, uh, mm -hmm. the, that you don't see when you have an adoptive parents yeah. to understanding you know, what qualities did mom and dad have. Yeah. And, uh, and then they project all kinds of things. I think so often we look at the adoptive parents because of your journey and, and the heart that you have to open your home. But then the adoptee's uh, journey is yeah. just so uh, uh, convoluted. And uh, yeah. uh, not, you know, they wonder why their mom didn't love them enough to keep them. They wonder, why yeah. wasn't dad around? You know, what, what happened there? You know, all, the, all those questions that you have to deal with, right? Yeah, it was in, in learning how to love um, my son and my daughter in all their uniqueness and all the differences and all their questions and all their struggles. You know, for us as, as a mom and dad in that journey, uh, we really, for us, it became a posture of prayer that we had to live in on a regular basis to mm. help navigate the way through as parents. Um, because, you know, as you know, we make a lot of mistakes along the way. We do the best we can. We love the best we can. Um, but there's a lot of factors that go into, especially in the adoptive situation, um, that you just don't know, you can't see, you can't predict. And mm -hmm. so it's, a, it, it's an interesting journey that we've had to navigate. And they both had some real struggles. Um, but we really believe that the Lord put him in our home. I told my son this just today before we came here. Uh, he was going through some challenges. And, uh, and I said, Cody, I said, you know, you, God called you and he, he put you in our family for us to steward you, mm -hmm. our, to steward your life, to guide your life. I said, you were never ours. And I said, you're my son, but you've always been God's. We knew that from the day you came into our life. And even to today, 26 years later, that's still our job is how do we steward the calling and the, the gifts and the, the desires of God's heart for your life mm -hmm. and help you come into that reality. And um, it's hard as a parent. You just want to fix it. You want to control it. You want to tell them. You want to just say, here's what you do or just don't go that way. And yeah, that doesn't go so well. <laughs> it works for about the first 10 yeah, years, 8 exactly. to 10 years. But after that, right. uh, you have all yeah. the other outside influences and uh, with an adoptive situation. Did your bride have any experience with the adoptive world at all? No, she didn't. Um, so her parents got divorced when she was in high school, but they're very close now. Um, both remarried. Um, but I did. So I, I, I was just my mom and I growing up. Mm -hmm. I didn't have a dad in the picture until I was 10. And then my birth, my birth father, who I've never known, um, wasn't there. But my adoptive father, so he actually adopted me. I took on okay. his name. Mm -hmm. uh, so that I do have shared that with my kids. And mm -hmm. um, we none of us, my children, and myself have any history of our birth fathers, mm -hmm. you know, in, in our journeys. Um, so it's been, we've been able to share that. I've been able to help talk them through how I journeyed through that process. Mm -hmm. In fact, I just found some pictures that my mom passed from cancer about 10 years ago. My dad had put together a bunch of stuff for me that she had put together for me and I hadn't really looked through it. 
were moving, I looked through it and I find a picture book, an album of my birth. In that is my birth father. So just in the last two months, I saw the first pictures ever in 56 years of my own birth father. Mm. So that was just an interesting kind of my heart just kind of, he was holding me. Well, the stories I had heard was that he wasn't there and he had abandoned us and he did ultimately abandon us. But there's one window of time where there I am with him. And I was able to have that conversation with my son for the first time today because he's wrestling, identifying with a birth father who is angry and mean and, and hurt his mother. That's where he identified. I said, son, there's a whole other side of that. Your birth mom, you have her DNA as well. Mm-hmm. And then you have our relationship for the last 26 years. Mm-hmm. So he's wrestling through that identity issue right now in his life. Right. And of course, you can't ever judge you know, no. somebody else's situation, you know, that uh, we can't put on the shoes that your dad had or that your son's dad had. No. <laughs> and we don't know what their situation was. No. We just know that the Lord has him in, in this situation now. Absolutely. And uh, that's no. a loving home that uh, is, is moving in the right direction. Yeah, so uh, that's a that's an interesting uh, journey because <laughs> yes, that uh, you know we, sure we talk with dad and you know dads come uh, from all over the spectrum, don't yes. they? I mean, we we all have our backgrounds, we all have our uh, challenges, and and uh, and we we try to navigate through that. Yeah. And we'll talk next. Uh, this next segment will be uh, talking a little bit more about who our real father is mm-hmm. and how he uh, provides some foundation for uh, for how we move forward and uh, how we can connect with our kids. Absolutely. So uh, I appreciate your your candidness on this journey sure. and uh, I, I really applaud your heart to uh, to adopt uh, that's a, a tremendous need and uh, out there for uh, both in the foster care system yes. and just in general and uh, just something that that's the love of the father that's uh, flowing through your home so Amen. that's well, what we you. charge yeah. dads to do is to to love as our heavenly father loves and his rep- we're his representative in our family Amen. as we prioritize physical presence or engage emotionally and lead spiritually by example. So dads, uh, that's the charge. Love as our father loves and uh, do it a little bit better today than yesterday, better tomorrow than today. Amen. That's the dad (laughs) you're called to be. I believe it. I'm walking it out. (laughs) That's the dad the next generation needs. God bless, God speed. Thank you for your time.